I'm right behind you, buddy. Man, that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Bueller. Bueller. Nobody puts a baby in a corner. Oh, gnarly. Hey, where's the beat? I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Live from Members Only Studios, welcome to Living in the 80s, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with the 1980s. The best that we remember. Gentlemen, welcome back. How you doing today? I am finer than a frog's hair. Look at that. That's That's a little cleaner. That's a little good. That's good. (laughs) Yes, it is. Everybody doing well? Doing just great. Good. This week we are going to be talking about... Our favorite protest songs. Oh, I don't I know if they're wait. our favorites, but they are protest songs. And we'll talk about them. Really? That, yeah, Matt and Mike are super excited right now. Oh, we yes. have so much to bring to this podcast. Yes, this is my cup of tea, is what this is. You could throw the tea party. Yeah. Uh, tea party. party. See that? That's all protest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boston, right? Tea. Yeah. There's something political there. Yeah. There you go. Look at us talking politics. <laughs> That's right. That's about all we have for you guys. Yeah, so the election coming up next week, or actually coming up this Tuesday, we uh, thought we'd touch on the subject. Yeah. All right. Before we do that, let's do a little... 80s Rewind. Matt, let's start with you. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we recently had Halloween. And so we, you know, the, the kids, where we were talking about that before we started, the kids were coming to the houses and doing the candy and whatnot, and uh, about, I don't know, I guess it was a, a few days ago, a buddy of mine went to school with, high school there, old Brian Large, posted a pic of, of us in eighth grade in 1982. It was Halloween 1982. Uh, it was me, uh, Joe Rain, uh, Paul, Paul Rain, uh, me, Joe Rain, Todd May, and Brian Large, and um, we were, uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, we were, we were. You were dressed like women. We were women. We were women. We, what actually, kind of women were you? <clears throat> we, we were hookers with our pimp. I don't know. About, <laughs> I mean, and we were, looking back at that picture, it's like, um, it was the funniest night, man. We we're like, oh, let's, let's be hookers. And we'll be, Where'd you tell your mom you were? Well, and see, we each got a dress from our respective mother, so yes. we're really, we just looked like our three moms. <laughs> and our, our, our moms were, none of our moms were very hookerish. But if you look at our moms, you would think, oh, that's a hooker. I mean, you would think, oh, that's a nice church lady or whatever. No, so, knowing Gail, she probably gave you the dress, watched you walk away, and went down on her knees and started praying right away, please, Lord, help my transvestite son. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Transvestite? Trans. Yeah. So, so, um,. <laughs> Is it okay? So so uh, so yeah. So we we thought we were like you know these crazy hooker women. It's gonna be funny, and but but looking back to the picture from 1982, we had like our mom's purses. We had a purse and and the outfit and like a little hair, and it we looked like very very domesticated 
um, 40 year old women is what we look yeah, like. Look like you're on your way to a church service. Actually, on the way to church, right? And, and the thing, and looking back at, at our pimp, if you will, um, Brian, um, we, uh, we couldn't do that outfit today. One of the guys who was our, um, I guess, provider, right? You know, the guys taking care of, of business the Business manager. Business, thank business you. Business manager. Yeah. Our business manager. For some reason, and I, we didn't, I didn't, never thought twice about it in 1982, but he, you know, put some hue to his face. Um, little... A little blackface, is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, but yeah, we, I think we can safely say that. Can we, uh, it, was, it was on Facebook, so I'm you know, I, sure I guess you know, people yeah. chances he got, is he a judge? No, he, this guy's not <laughs> in not office. Be up for the Supreme he's Court. maybe been in front of a judge or two. <laughs> uh, I don't think he's running for office, um, but, but yeah, so he he, he did the, the Facebook, and I, you know, that's something we would never obviously do now, and and, and back then there was no ill will. It was just he was our pimp, <laughs> so it was just so, kind of. Think about that, doing it now. Think about how crazed and mortified people would be if, like, that was going on walking down the street. Now, the, the guy, the guys in the dresses, people are like, oh, look, they're dressed like women. And you'd see the dude in the blackface. <gasps> oh, yeah. People I mean, flip. It's, it's terrible. And and I, I get it. I mean, it, it was looking back, what, what a, maybe what a terrible like Maybe he could have been a white pimp. He could have been a white pimp. What's yeah. wrong with white pimps? I mean, pimps don't cry. Pimps don't cry. Pimps don't cry. They never shed a tear. <laughs> Probably digging a hole here. But, uh, but anyhow, it was just... Oh, it, just keep going. Dude. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just really, yeah, Kevin's staying far away from this one. <laughs> Anyhow, it was 1982, it was Halloween, I was in eighth grade, and I have an eighth grader now, so it was kind of fun. I was like, here was your dad in eighth grade. <laughs> she was like, really proud of me, you know? So um, She didn't yeah. want to dress like you. Did not want to replicate our outfits, which is great, okay. so. Oh, that's good. But Glad that's, she didn't. Yeah, me, very good. me too. And, uh, yeah, let's just move on from there, shall we? Yes. Yeah. Kevin, please bail us out of this, <laughs> this okay, hole that Matt's dug himself yeah. into. So uh, this is the 40th anniversary of E.T. Oh, here we uh, go. came out in 1982. Here we go. And, well, I don't know if you saw, but a lot of the original cast members yeah, got together. Yeah, I saw a picture of them all. Yeah, yeah it's kind of neat. Had a, 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 yeah, yeah, he was there. Yeah. Had a reunion, and... Uh, Drew Barrymore was talking about, she was, what, seven when this was? Mm-hmm. Something, yeah, she was very and young. And she was saying how she thought E.T. was real. Mm. And I thought, what, E.T.'s not real? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? He, he didn't really come down from outer space and film this. So, yeah, I was shocked, I guess. Uh, so that, uh, I'm not sure real. did that bring back a lot of memories for you. Good. and uh, Yeah, some. Some. Yeah. It probably some. Moments. Yeah, some moments. Did you get misty eyed? A little bit. A little bit here, a little bit there. It just yeah. does that. Just a little it just bit. Does I mean, that. When you see when you see Elliot, you know, and you, there he is. It's not Elliot that made me sad. No, it well, was E.T. E. Yeah. But Elliot's love for E.T. Well, that's true. Yeah. It was pretty deep. It's so. very deep. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, 40 years ago. That's Good just, isn't that hard to believe? believe. Yeah, it 40 is. years. That's four decades. Wow. Oh, yeah. goodness. Yeah. It, it doesn't. Looking back, like none of this stuff from the eighties seems like it was that long ago. No, but, no. But you're getting fortieth anniversary of so many things coming up in the next few years. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's crazy. It really sucks. Mike, 
How about you, man? I can't wait to hear what your 80s rewind moment I, is. You've been thinking about it for I'm a while. I'm thinking really hard because yeah. I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. I'm not like Matt. I don't do hours of prep work before I come to a show. Here we go. <laughs> so my wife and I are sitting out, passing out candy this year. And my wife's talking about all of her cute little costumes she wore and all the time she went trick-or-treating. And So she asked me about mine. I didn't go trick-or-treating from the age of five until ever again. Really? What? Because our town did not have trick-or-treating. Was it like Footloose? I feel like, of I was, I feel like a Footloose song coming on here in a minute. I, my guess is we didn't, because we didn't have street lights. But, you know, so if anybody lives in Mansfield, Ohio, who uh, listens to our podcast, please go to our Facebook page. And if you have any idea why we never had Halloween or trick-or-treating, like we had Halloween, why we never had trick-or-treating growing up in the 80s, let did, me know. No, did they not have it, or did your folks... Tell you, I'm doing the quotes right now. <laughs> no, tell yeah. you that we, they didn't. We have did it. not have it. Maybe you guys like did, went to a restaurant. Did you, did you like mm-hmm. have like trick or treat party Halloween parties at school? We, we did that. Up? Yes. Okay. We did have that. Give us any year. What did you dress up as? Uh, I usually went as some kind of athlete because that's pretty much what I was. Here I wasn't go. a pretty boy oh, at that point. God. I was just pretty much a dominant male athlete. Point. Oh wow! <laughs> so I was, you know. Yeah, you know, you always dress it for something like like that you're not, not something right. that you truly really are. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I try not to go. I was the Fonz one year. No so kidding. I was not really the Fonz, but I dressed up like him. That is true. You kind of are the Fonz, yeah. but you know, <laughs> kind of. Fonz, yeah. Yeah, you turned into the Fonz. I have, I have, I'm the adult Fonzie. Yes, and I is am. that not what your granddaughter calls you? That they Papa do Fonzie. call me Papa Fonzie. Like, yes, yeah, exactly. It's on my wall. Good stuff. All right. For me, uh, I was, you know, always looking for new music, and I was just on Apple Music one day and saw that Richard Marks released a new album. It's called Songwriter, and uh, the first few songs are a little more upbeat, sounding good, sort of like the don't mean nothing kind of thing, and then uh, the like the latter half of it's more love songs and stuff. Sounds great. Sounds like old Richard Marks. And here's a little sample. So check it out. Good album. That's my 80s Rewind moment. I always like when 80s artists release stuff. I saw where the other day were Simple Minds. Just released a new album too, so I haven't listened to it yet. But Richard Marks, uh, pretty good. So I'm I'm the only one that talked about a pimp during the whole time. Huh. I mean, none of you. <laughs> well, Richard ones. Marks was kind of a pimp. Okay, in the 80s. all right. Yeah, he kind of, well, pimping ain't easy. There it is. Okay. That's right. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, we are going to take a brief time out, and we're going to be right back talking all about protest songs, political songs, mm, social conscious songs of the '80s. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. We are going to talk as promised. I know this is probably the most anticipated episode we have collectively done. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like, oh, hey, that's a, that's a cool topic we've never covered. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. These two, Rob's Mike, Mike and Matt meeting, yeah. Yeah. they're like, can we just 
sit this one out? Like, absolutely not. Eat some pizza. We're, Mike and Grand I... Grandstand pizza, are by the way. Are you, are you still saying pizza. That? Yeah, Grandstand pizza. The official pizza of living in the 80s, who Go. should at least, at least one time, give us a freebie. <laughs> Jeez, exactly. Grandstand. Come on, step it up. Great pizza, though. Crust was super good. Today. It was. It good. was so, good. So, what well is your done. concern about political songs? Do you, do you not care about politics? Do you not care about? Um, okay, let's just let's just talk about that for a second. Yeah, um, let's do it. Number one, boring. Boring is crap. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying it. Okay. I'm saying it out loud. I'm, I'm looking at this list of songs. I don't even know if I know those songs. That I, sounds true. That, okay. That sounds <laughs> true. <laughs> I mean, to me, to now me, if Jody Watley had sung a political if, song, if Jody Watley, it would have been sang, a very good song, and it would have been great, and I probably would have got behind that movement. I would have got behind anything that Jody Wally is in front of. Okay, <laughs> just because she's Samantha amazing. Fox, Jody Wally. Yes, they would have had some great yes. political songs. No, I think it's you know, I mean, it's just um, Susanna Hoffs would have too. Yes, and if she was really feeling emotional about it, it would have been a great song. That's yeah. right. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it seems like the political stuff. It's like. Groups will have like their songs are cool. Then they got you know. Then they do this little message, this little song there and there. And I just I don't know. I, I guess I, I I never really deep dived on a lot of groups to get past the, their cool popular stuff to their stuff that's kind of like they're sending a message. I just right. you know I never. Or you like me? You had no clue that they were sending a message. Hey, this is a fun song. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So well, that's where we. When, this is us, and, and I think that's. Part of it is that uh, there can be a catchy song and there's actually a message behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that apparently went so way I'm, over your heads. I'm kind of, okay, that, that's sung a little. Uh, but I'm kind of here to learn. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I want to be enlightened is what I want. I mean, because <coughs> the, the way you guys have been speaking about some of these songs, I'm thinking they're going to bring stuff to the table that I'm just going to be picking up and I'm excited. Oh, I'm going to bring some stuff to the table, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not bringing much. But I'm here to listen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to act like this is a podcast in stereo. You guys are in my ears right now. And I'm just, well, I'm going to learn tonight. Okay. okay. Sounds well, good. Well, Kevin, why don't, it was your topic, you brought it up. Like, what, what made you think, hey, this would be a great podcast? Well, just because, like I said, I've, I've heard so many songs, and, and over the years I've learned, you know, when I was in, you know, a teenager in the 80s, I didn't know what the song meant. I didn't even always know the lyrics but as I've heard more and more about the songs over the years I'm like oh these songs had you know a message behind them and then at the same time there were some songs that came out and I read about them and like Rolling Stone it would say this is what this song's about this is the message behind it so I knew some of them others I didn't and I just thought it was kind of an interesting topic so apparently uh, no, no, I was no, by myself it, <laughs> no, it, that. Is, it is it is well I mean if you think about um, pop music in general I think Maybe prior to then, but I don't. I am not aware of a whole lot of songs being real politicized until maybe the late '60s. So when the Vietnam mm-hmm. War happened, yeah. you see these artists that were really against, you know, the Vietnam, our presence there anyway. Right. So several artists started doing that, and which spawned other protest songs throughout the years. I think in the '70s they were primarily down on Vietnam. Like, I can't really think of any other... Again, I didn't do any homework on this, or on the Vietnam part, or the 70s, but I think that's, like, the thing. People were, like, writing songs and, and rioting about and stuff like that. Some of them, um, they're, like, known for yeah, like Jim Baez. I mean, they're, like, they're just known for being yeah. protests. Yeah. Well, yeah, and come to think of it, there were a lot of racially... Um, 
against racial prejudice. There were a lot of songs like that too. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a different different era back then. So in the eighties, like it seemed like I don't want to say every band, but lots of bands, lots of artists gave their opinions through music on you know whatever the social issues were of the day. So with that in mind, we're gonna get right to our our lists that we made. We're each gonna throw a couple in here and see what bounces back and. And we'll start with you, Kevin. Sounds good. So, Snowball, you said you grew up with no streetlights? No streetlights. Maybe you should have lived in Brixton. Brixton. Have you heard of Brixton? Nope. Tell, I think you're going to tell me. I'm going to. <laughs> okay. uh, so, so, Brixton was the first street in uh, in South London to get streetlights. And that area was known as Electric Avenue. That song, that's a good song. See, you like political songs, yeah. you just didn't know it. Yeah. So, yeah, Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. So, Brixton, boy, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Brixton area had a lot of um, Caribbean immigrants, and there were a lot of clashes with the police. Um, it, was, it was a poor community, and there's a lot of just I guess you could call it illegal stop and search people. And, you know, you kind of hear about that today, right? Yes. Yeah. Where people feel like they're being racially profiled. Well, that was going on there. It led to riots. And uh, Eddie Grant was really upset with the way people were being treated. He wrote all this material. He was flying somewhere, lost all the material. And when he got there, wrote down his feelings, and that was Electric Avenue. So even though he lost all this material, he, he came up with this song, Electric Avenue, talking about the... Uh, the unfair treatment of the people, and that was his his biggest hit, and uh, that was a political song. See, that's crazy. You know, my like defense that, that I didn't know was a political song because other than the chorus, I have absolutely no idea what he's saying throughout the song. Well, the very down in the street there is violence. Now on the streets there is violence. <laughs> Did he say that? Deep in my heart, I'm a warrior. It's all about fighting, you know, for what he thinks is right. So, see, I like when he says, "I'm gonna rock down to it." Avenue. That's it, right? That's that song? Yeah. That's the oh, one. no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I like that part. That's a very good one, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kevin. See, no, I didn't know that was political. I didn't know I had no idea either. I thought it was just about electric stuff like Vegas. <laughs> I, I would I venture to say, we're going to bring up a couple songs that are politically motivated that you're going to say, huh. I didn't know that was a political song. Well, you're one for one, Kevin. Okay, good Keep for on me. going. I'm learning. <laughs> this is good. How about you, Snowball? All right, I'm going to bring up probably what, what to me is an obvious political song, but to the rest of the world, they didn't view it that way. So we're going to go with the boss himself, Bruce Springsteen. Give me a little Born in the USA, Matt. I don't believe that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we just let Bruce give us a little oh, okay. bit? Okay. Um, released in 1984, um, its uh, first political use was actually in the Reagan uh, when he was running for re-election in 84. But the song really isn't about being, you know, a proud American. It's really about, you know, a soldier coming back from Vietnam and dealing with 
you know, our country at that time, you know, they were not in favor of the war. They did not support the soldiers when they came back. So not only did he go through one of the most difficult wars, mentally, physically, he came back home with very little support, if any support at all. Right. And if you remember correctly, uh, Ronald Reagan, like Bruce Springsteen, automatically, like, I don't, stop using my song. That's not what that's for, and I'm not behind you as a candidate. So. Yeah, it was interesting. He was using that as a, a campaign song, like yeah. like it was a good thing. It's a patriotic song. It's like, yeah. aside from the part that says "Born in the USA," everything else in there was yeah. not uh, looking at on the United States favorably at the time. But you would think that a song like that, if you're going to write that type of song with that type of a message, it would be maybe a slower, more acoustic kind of mm-hmm. thing, instead of this. It sounds patriotic. It's yes. like every every year when we're doing firework displays and stuff, the radio stations put together these mixes. Mm-hmm. That song's almost always there. So, crap! I'm I'm just now reading the lyrics. What the crap? I had no idea what the song's about. <laughs> Won't you read a little bit of them? Uh, yeah. So, um, come back home from to the refinery. Hiring man says, "Son, if it's up to me, went down to see my VA man." He said, "Son, don't you understand?" I had a brother at Quezon. Yeah, Quezon. Fighting off the Viet Cong. They're still there. He's all gone. He had a woman he loved in Saigon. I got a picture of him in her arms now. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just cr- down in the shadow of the penitentiary, out by the gas fires of the refinery. I'm 10 years burning down the road, nowhere to run, ain't got nowhere to go. Goodness gracious. Couple oh, of- the, the first, hold on, the first, of course. Got in a little hometown jam, so they put a rifle in my hand, sent me off to a foreign land to go kill the yellow man. I mean, come yeah. on. That's so patriotic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No wonder they play it every 4th of July, yeah. right? <laughs> Nothing says Starks, Starks, oh, Starks forever. Oh, right. Wow. Now, a little fun fact. He wrote this with Paul Schrader. They wrote it actually back in 1981 as Springsteen was considering... The movie Light of Day, which eventually went to Michael J. Fox. Yes. So it was never actually used for that movie because, well, as we all know, Springsteen did not take the part in the movie. So, But he did write the song Light of Day, which Joan Jett ended up singing in the movie. That is true. Yeah. Not well, a terrible movie. It's not great. but you know, It's not a bad movie. I like it's it. good seeing young Michael J. Fox and Joan Jett in a movie together. Mm-hmm. They make a tour stop in Mansfield, Ohio. Of course they in the do. movie. If you're in Cleveland, you got to get the outlying areas. you got to go to Mansfield. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Wow. All right. That's my crazy. song is one of my favorite 80s songs, one that like I love listening to loud. And every January 1st at midnight on the Living in the 80s page, this song plays. This is New Year's Day by U2. I want to be with you, be with you now. This song is actually, you two had written it about the Polish Solidarity Movement. Say that um, again. That's yeah, yes. <laughs> and their persecuted leader, Lech Walesa. When the song was released, uh, the Poland's communist government announced they would abolish martial law. Thank you, Bono. The beginning of him changing the world one song at a time. The song initially started out as a love song and then kind of morphed into a to this politically motivated song. Bono said... 
we improvised the song, and when it came out, he just let it come out. Yes, that one more upbeat song people always listen to on New Year's Day. New Year's A lot of people don't realize what it's about. So, yeah, they're. Uh, I don't want to say they're a very political band. I would more like to say he's very, a very political individual, and it just carries over into the band. Yeah, he's really all about social issues and, and I know sometimes the band's like hey well, come you're in a rock band come be with us but yes. he definitely has bigger aspirations than just being in a rock band so yeah well I think I think the edge does a lot of a lot of that that kind of the lyrics in there a lot too Bono does most of the heavy work there but yeah. the edge does a lot of that as well so we could probably do a full podcast on YouTube political songs again not a political band like a lot of people want to peg them as that. They're really not, but they do have enough enough songs they could probably fill an album. So. That's a great song, though. Yeah, that's a jam it's a song. great song. Love it. All right, so that was round one. We got two more to go. You guys, All right, you guys are doing great. I, Kevin, I can't wait for you to do your next one. I just want you to know that. I, I, I can't I either, that. Kevin. In fact, go ahead. Yes. My next one, I'm going to go with "Rocking in the Free World" by Neil Young. I'm guessing, Matt, you've never heard the song. Uh, it's not Rainbow. Uh, Rob, can you play a little for everybody? Why not? So the 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 title of the song came up. They were supposed to go to Russia for a concert, and then or Soviet Union, I should say. And they found out that wasn't going to happen. And the guitarist Frank Pancho Sambidro said, "That's a great name." Yeah, I wish that was my name. He said, "Well, I guess we'll just have to keep rocking in the free world because you know they're going to keep playing in the United States." And Neil's, like, that sounds like a good name. That sounds like a title. Like so that kind of became his hook. And uh, so. The song criticizes the George H.W. Bush administration uh, with the thousand points of light in there, um, which was his like, campaign slogan. And also, uh, Bush was saying that we were going to be a kind, kinder, gentler nation. So uh, there was all this stuff going on with Ayatollah at the time in, uh, in Iran. So it's kind of sprinkled throughout the entire song. But yeah, he's always been very political in his, in his songs. One of the hippies we talked about in the 70s. Yes. Neil Young was one of can those carried guys over driving into the, this yeah. whole protest movement. Yeah, yes. and carried over into the 80s. So Trump used his this song in his uh, when he announced his pres- presidency in 2015, uh, which Neil Young wasn't happy about. So. <laughs> Fired him up <laughs> like surprise, surprise. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> he was a He was a uh, Bernie Sanders supporter, and he wasn't real crazy that he was using it. And then Bernie Sanders was also using that. So... so both Trump and Sanders were using the same "Keep on Rocking in the Free." So world. that happens a lot. Somebody writes this great song, like an anthem type of song, and then if whoever, if someone uses it, if they don't like that candidate, they don't like that person. They don't. You have to have permission to use that song. Is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, can he really do that? I mean, if you know, I mean, can he do that? Uh, no, I mean, I think. Uh, well, I, I think because it, it is pushing a pushing a political agenda, so it's therefore it is kind of considered for profit, you know, because you know, basically it's looking like that artist is standing behind this politician. 
usually when that happens, they stop playing it. Mm-hmm. And copyright I, I, issues as yeah, well. And so I remember during the campaign that being played, and then there's Donald Trump. Not dancing, but just kind of swaying back and forth. Oh, he's dancing. He's dancing. And uh, I thought, that's just the most weird, awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. Great stuff. I I never even... I've heard that song before, but I've never picked up on all those little things in the song. That's pretty good. So with the ozone layer. Yep, yep. So you learn lots of stuff around here. This is a very informative educational, if you will, podcast. I hope everybody's got your listening ears on. Because <laughs> this is good. This is good. Yes, it is. All right, Mike, we're up to your number two. All right, well, hope most... it's better than your number two last week. Yes, it will be better than my number two last week. So you're not going to play All Out of Love? I am not going to play oh, any ears at all. Thank you that so was, much. Wow. I'm going to go one notch just a little better. So to find a positive political song, I had to go into the country realm. Oh, here we go. He's doing it. And nothing says America like God bless the USA. Oh, boy. (laughs) That song goes through me like bad meat through an old lady. <laughs> I tell you, the message is good. Bad meat through Definitely. an old lady. Definitely. I'm a patriotic American. I love America. Everything about it. But every 4th of July, they play that song. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Every time they do, it just sounds so Mike, do tear cheesy up? to me. Tear absolutely. Up. You gotta tear oh, up. You have to tear hey, up. you know what? From Lakes of Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? Come uh-huh. on. Come on. What's that? To so the shores of Tripoli. There it is. Hey, Boom. T- did we ever tell you when me and Kevin went from, from the sea to the shining sea? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so Greenwood wrote this song basically in response to the uh, shooting down of the uh, Korean flight um, that was flying from Anchorage to Korea. <laughs> Oh, so that, that's why it was Korean flight. Because yeah. it was going to Korea. Yes. Okay, I like where you're going with that. Okay. People are learning this a lot. So this is so educational. You're bringing your A game tonight. Let's go. What, what else you got? What else you got? Give me some more. Um, anyway, so that's, a, that's all I got, man. Dude, this is straight bad meat through an old lady. This is, this is great. You got to love the song. You love Lee. Hey, you know we what? trot him out there every 4th of July. You know, he's still bringing it. He's still he bringing does. it. I wonder how much money that guy's made off that song. Dude. <sighs> you can hate him all the way to the bank. You, know you what sure saying? can. Yeah. You sure can. That's crazy. All right. So my second song is Sun City by Artists Against Apartheid. So Sun City was released in 1985, uh, written by Stephen Van Zant, otherwise known as Little Stephen from the E Street Band. And what it's about is uh, Sun City was a resort located in Africa, actually in Botswana. Got that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And what, what they were doing, the government was 
taking the the black population and moving them out of there so they could make this great vacation resort and things for people to just come and enjoy themselves while making all the people there homeless. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. So this was, wasn't was a huge hit. Uh, it got some plenty of play on um, on MTV because, you know, all of the artists were in it. I'm going to read all of them to you, but there were several, including, uh, of course, Bruce Springsteen. You know, little Stephen was involved. Um the Fat Boys, uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel, Reuben Blades, Bob Dylan, Herbie Hancock, Ringo Starr, Run DMC, Lou Reed, Peter Gabriel, Eddie Kendricks, Jackson Brown, Holland Oates, Bonnie Raitt, Peter Wolf, and of course, Bono. Imagine that. Hmm. Go imagine that, yes. Again, not a huge song, but it's it, it's one I like. I've, I've well, always it, liked this it called? song. It's yeah. called... Um, Sun City. Sun City. Yeah. That sounds so pleasant. It yes. does. I should vacation there. Yeah, so it, it really did truly raise, raise awareness because people in America typically didn't know this was going on. So people started, uh, or people stopped vacationing there. Hmm. And wow. they kind of changed the way they did things and you know, helped clean stuff up. But just due to one little song. Is they, it is it a... Normal tourist destination now? I believe it is. Is it? Yes. So now would they come out with like another song? Like, we, 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 we're going we back to, to Sun City. City. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I've never. Uh, yeah, I didn't do enough homework to realize, to think, to know if they truly are going back there, but I do think that that did stop. Yeah. So. That's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's neat they kind of united. They they just they use their popularity their notoriety to say hey we're not going to go there neither should you because yeah. something bad's happening because we probably in the eighties we didn't know what was going on up no there. we didn't I mean when you think about a song like we are the world being the kickoff of all of these songs where people are gathering together this was about a year after that um, actually it wasn't quite a year it was just a few months after that yeah. and um, you know they're using this now to uh, exploit some political stuff pretty so. cool. Yeah. Nice song. Catchy. New song for me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Kevin's up again. Kevin's up again. What no, he's not. We've got to take a break first. Oh, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. Kevin is going to bring us around to our last round of uh, political songs. Hang tight. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livingin80s.us and, of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Welcome back to Living in the 80s, where we are in our last round of Political songs. Hey, this has been a lot better than I thought it'd be. I, I'm really? just going to say it. I was just getting ready to ask if you I, were really ready for this to be over with. I No, no, no. I, I've learned a lot, on, and it's been actually very, very interesting. I really heard some songs I haven't heard before, and not only that, but I mean, I, I this has been educational. This is good. 
I'll be daggone, is what I'm saying. I'll be daggone as well. I'll be daggone. Daggone it, Kevin. What do you got? Give us another one, Kev. All right, so again, this is probably one you've never heard of. Sweet. But it's off of uh, Sting's first solo album after leaving the police, and the name of the song is Russians. What's it about? So it's about it's um, about people in Mexico. It's about Mexicans. Um, so you know, this came out in '85, which was at the height of the the Cold War, and uh, at least as far as we're concerned, it was the height of the Cold War. And this whole song is a commentary about the concerns of this escalation between the United States and uh, Russia, and this risk of potential annihilation uh, with, from nuclear weapons. And literally, the, the words, some of the lyrics in this song could apply just as easily today as they did back in 1985. So, for instance, there's a part in it that says, In Europe and America, there's a growing feeling of hysteria, conditioned to respond to all the threats and the rhetorical speeches of the Soviets. So, I mean, that literally is like exactly History what Europe itself. and America is going through right now. I, I swear I just heard this on the news like a couple of days ago. I mean, because he was talking about oh, he's not going to use nuclear, or, uh, you know, in, in this battle with Ukraine. I'm like, he's, we're still talking about this today. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go on. That's crazy. So, so yeah, I mean, this, this song, and, and the whole point is, uh, he keeps saying, I hope. The Russian, they don't, like basically, the only hope is I hope the Russians love their children too. Because if like if if they don't love their children and they have nothing to live for and they don't worry about their kids' future, we could annihilate each other, you know, with with nuclear weapons. And we're back to talking about that, which you know we hadn't talked about that really for a long time, and we're we're back there again. So which which is crazy to me because if they fire on us, we're gonna fire on them. And yeah, everybody, nobody wins. Nobody's gonna win, right? It's, you know what it's I think ridiculous. we need? I think we need Sting to make another song. And you know, or sing this one again. Yeah, maybe he will. Yeah. I bet he does. That's pretty cool. I did not know that, though. Yeah. You remember that is. song, right? You oh, absolutely. Yeah. I bought the album uh, Dreaming of the Blue Turtles when it came out, and that was on there. Yeah. And right away, I thought... Video. Yeah, that's a very impactful song. So, yeah. <laughs> did you, have you ever heard of it? Never in my life. Yeah, me either. Never in my life. Well, I know who Sting is. That was a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he is cool. <laughs> He's a great wrestler. Yes, he was. He was in... Uh, Maybe the greatest wrestler. I mean, he was in uh, Murders in the Building. So, yes, all he the was. Murders in the Building. So. Yeah, which is a great show. Great show. All right, okay. Mike. Mike gives okay. up. Well, Matt, you've heard this one. Because we covered it in quite a bit of detail in the 1989 podcast. No, you're not. I am bringing it back. What? Oh, jeez. Looking for freedom. David Hassel. That's what I'm talking about. Now, now you're speaking my language, exactly. Everybody. All right. So the scene takes place. It's New Year's Eve, 1989. For the record, right now, Mike is lighting up. He is so excited. Yeah, yeah. He has As sparkles he in his eyes. Now, he is go, go ahead, continue. I'm so, sorry. New Year's Eve, 1989. He got David Hasselhoff on top of the Berlin Wall. Mm-hmm. He's wearing this jacket that lights up. Mm. 
and nothing says bring it on communism like that jacket. Right, talk to him. Yeah. So if I'm Vladimir Zelensky, I'm calling Hasselhoff today. Come on over, take care of business, run like Putin it. out of his country. I like it. That's, that's he's got that power. I mean, he? who's going to mess with a man in that jacket? Think not me. That's a good question, Mike. Not me. That's great. That's nuts. You know what that is? That's political. That that's is political. Very political. Yeah. <laughs> very political. <laughs> but the people of Germany, they loved Hasselhoff. It was the number one song over there in '89. So I think it was the number one song of the entire decade. But that's my opinion. As it should be. As it should <laughs> yes. Be. As it should be his opinion, you mean? Yeah. He does so. wear ankle bracelets. Mm-hmm. Good point. And those of you who don't know who Hasselhoff is, he was on Knight Rider. What was his uh, character's name on Knight Rider? Michael Knight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And he was on Baywatch. Watch. If you have to explain who, who, who the Hoff is. I'm, I'm just is. trying to, to you people know, inform the people. Podcast, he has, I mean, uh, he has made some appearances on the Goldbergs this season, too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he he looked. I mean, he looks old now, and he's wearing this wig, like his hair was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, great. yeah, because he's and he, he, oh, dude, that's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, he also had a very strong characters in um, Sharknado series. It was very moving, oh, very moving, powerful um, representation there. <laughs> so, yeah. My last song. Uh, Kevin used a Sting song. I'm going to use a song from his former band, The Police. Hmm. In 1981, uh, The Police had a song on their Ghost in the Machine album called Invisible Sun. The song's lyrics stem from Sting's uh, pondering how people living in war-torn and or impoverished countries find the will to go on living. And despite the, the dark music and all the political statements, the song carries an intensely uplifting and optimistic message. Uh, it was deeply personal to Stuart Copeland, uh, whose hometown of Beirut was being heavily bombed at the time of the song's recording. And here's what Stuart Copeland said. For me, the song was about Beirut, where I'd grown up which at that point was going up in flames. My hometown was being vilified by the media as a terrorist stronghold and was being blasted by bombs and napalm. 20,000 Lebanese were killed that year. And the Lebanese must have been feeling some heat from the invisible sun because they were keeping their peckers up. (laughs) I only know of that meaning one thing, and I'm not sure... It could apply, it but... It could, yeah. We don't know, but... Well, that's that's Stuart right. Copeland. Yeah. One thing that, that I... One of the other fun facts is the police and you 2 performed several concerts together. And guess who came out with Sting to sing this song with him? Bono. You got it. Shut <laughs> So, in. yes, yet another political song uh, with Bono. <laughs> Is it safe to say that Bono and, and Sting are probably more of the two of the more politically motivated people from the 80s? Or is that just a... Uh, yeah, I would say so. I mean, these guys were... Uh, they, they were always kind of championing the social causes, mm-hmm. you know, um, trying to uh, 
uh, lift up the the oppressed. Like I mean, you two had several songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bull of the Blue Sky was one of them. Um, what's the Sunday Blessed Sunday? Yes, Sunday. thank you, thank you. That's one I was looking for, which is about the Irish Civil War, mm-hmm. and that's just. 80 songs. That's just well, a couple I mean, of them. Yeah, Pride. Only yeah, Pride uh, about the assassination of Martin Luther King. Look at me. I said so something political. You, you, you did. Look at me. Matt, Matt, bring it. it. Bring yeah. it. Bring yeah, it. Yeah, all right, buddy. <laughs> Matt is extra proud one. of himself. And, so, and I'm I, proud of you as well. And for the song Pride. Yeah, that's yeah, very good. So <clears throat> that is, that. I think that that's it. Uh, Kevin, I know you, you created a list there. What are some songs we didn't uh, highlight today that... Well, significant. I think it would be a disservice if we didn't mention what some consider the most political song of the 80s, which was Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Yes, yes. So uh, Spike Lee approached the band about writing a song for the movie Do the Right Thing, and this was all about racial tension in Brooklyn neighborhoods. Fight the power! And although you might think this is about being down with the police, That's what uh, the... The bass player, uh, Brian Hardgroove. Oh, what a sweet name. A Especially name. if you're a bass player. Yeah. Do, do you think his name was like really like, like Brian Smith? But then he's like, you know what? Hardgroove. I'm changing it legally to Hardgroove. Hardgroove. Yeah, and he, he said, we haven't, we haven't evolved to the point where we can live without a police presence. We need them to, to, for, for that authority. So this song's not about being against the police. It's about fighting against the abuse of power. The so it's, of it's power. fighting the abuse of power. Even though they don't that say just, that. It doesn't flow. Fight the abuse of power. Yeah. So they just didn't said, flow. They said, we'll just cut out the word fight abuse. Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> but same thing. Same yeah, thing. same thing. Pretty cool. Yeah. Any any other ones that, uh, that we didn't The only other on? one I'd probably mention is, is Beds Are Burning. When that song came out, uh-huh. I remember thinking, this is kind of a strange Beds, song. Beds Are Burning. And it sounds and like midnight it, oil. It had nothing to do with uh, with Farrah Fawcett. That's what movie. I was saying. That's, yeah. what, that's yeah. what my mind. The burning bed. Burning bed. That's where my mind. Uh, yeah. But but this was about land had been taken away from the uh, the uh, the uh, tribes in in Australia, and he was singing, "We should be giving this land back." Mm. And he really really got into politics. He ended up holding multiple positions and. Uh, in Australian political office and yeah. Australian government, so he mm-hmm. really, you know, fought for this, and uh, so yeah, and that's it's I think one of the highest rated Australian songs of all time, hmm. even higher than like you know ACDC's Back in Black or whatever. So well, uh, according to Australia, I, I'm well not... maybe in Australia, yes, yeah, in Australia, yes, <laughs> yes. yeah, um, uh, Allentown by Billy yeah. Joel. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. was that was one about. Um, the way that uh, the the town had fallen after like some of the coal mining resources and, were and stripped, the steel industry left. It was yeah. just, they kind of were left with nothing. So that was more of a socio economic mm-hmm. song. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, land of confusion is another one. Uh, it's sort of maybe like Russians a little bit, but very definitely the video was definitely a video. parody. Uh, with yeah, with these very elaborate puppets. Yeah, and was, the the, the one that cracked me up at the end was the end of the video. There's a Ronald Reagan puppet. Mm-hmm. They've got him being senile, and he accidentally hits the button. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to he's trying to push the nurse button, then he pushes the nuke yeah. button. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Into the video, into the world. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So. See, that's good. Yeah, I like politics. Now, so you know, good. hey, yeah. and this is our chance to say, 
You got a couple of days. Make sure you, everybody gets out and votes. Go vote. Are you are you uh, are you registered to vote? Absolutely. Are you going to exercise your right? Absolutely. Matt is going to finally get some exercise. There, okay. <laughs> wow. 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 That that. Uh, that I, I should not have said that this, after I heard you played is, football the other day. Thank you. Multiple games and made it to the championship. Made it to the so championship. Congratulations thank on that. You. That's, very, that's very much so. Very and, stellar. Very. Yeah. Very stellar. Good You're time. the George Blanda of Grove City. Yeah, I, was, he I, is. I, I heard the name Shane Falco come up with that one too, but it's okay. Footsteps. It's okay. It's all good. All right, so we are going to be dismissed at this time, and our outro song, our favorite kind of politics around here is the politics of dancing. Here's Reflex. Next week, we will see you. We're going to be talking about bad 80s fashions. Bet you can't wait. Oh, Can't wait. It'll be a blast. This is up your alley, buddy. You know, I might have a thing or two to say. <laughs> All right. Guys, here's Reflex. Take care. Have a great week. God bless. We'll see you next time. That song goes through me like bad meat through an old lady.